Welcome back to Many Windows, the podcast for educators, parents, professionals, and the general community about all topics in education. My name is John Cassie, and I'm joined as always by my dear friend and co-host, Jennifer McGlamory. Jennifer, how's it going? It's really good to see you, John. Same. Uh, Same. We're about three weeks into this um, stay-at-home right. measure that we're all facing. I was. I think I said to you yesterday when we were talking about doing this, is that I listen to a lot of podcasts. Right. And that there's one that I'm listening to. It's new to me. It just started up. But of course, they recorded the whole season probably six or eight months ago. Right. So there's no reference at all to what's going on right now in right. our lives that's right. so pervasive with the COVID-19. Right. And it's really kind of strange to listen to something where they don't talk about it at all because everywhere you go, it's all people are talking about. Right. It's, it's, it's true about most podcasts that there's a recording that takes place before... The episode drops, right? There's a little bit of a lead time, right? Um, but too much lead time leads the banter to feel a, st- a little strange, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But we're we're in social distancing. We're in COVID-19. Uh, you know, this uh, episode will drop in, in early May. We're recording in mid-April. Mm-hmm. So we will no doubt have some more reflection upon this experience maybe even an entire episode reflecting on it when we're through it mm-hmm. as educators. Um, but yeah, it is it is strange. But Jennifer and I are maintaining properly social distance. Right. Uh, we're maintaining our proper social distance. And we're looking forward to sharing uh, the ongoing story of Sam mm-hmm. in this episode. But in this case, rather than talking uh, with Sam, we're going to be talking with Sam's mother. That's so right. Jennifer, talk to us a little bit about that. So I've been really looking forward to this episode, mm-hmm. and I think I, I mentioned in the last one a few little um, things that I had already learned because uh, from her mom, because I had right. already interviewed her when we were recording the last episode. Um, and it's, it is everything that you want to know from the parent of a transgender child, I feel like. Uh, whereas talking to Sam, I think I said to you the very first episode, I was really kind of hoping for more drama and more right. angst. And, you know, Sam right. was just so right. matter of fact about everything. Right. But talking to her mom and getting that background and filling in a lot of the blanks that we didn't necessarily get from Sam and just another perspective on it. And of course, a parent's perspective. Right. Because I would imagine most of the people listening to our podcast would be parents. It's not necessarily the students. That I would think so. Yes. This, right. Yeah. yeah. So there are likely some people listening who have kids who may be going through some of this. And yeah. really, I asked. Um, her name is Jen. I asked her some of the questions that I would that I want educators to know, and that yeah. I want other parents to hear from a parent perspective about navigating this road that she is on and has some great experience with and she's become very knowledgeable um, and so it's it, she, there's a lot of good stuff that you'll hear from Sam's mom in this episode. Well I mean certainly listening back to what Sam had to say about her parents my expectation is that there'll be a great deal of wisdom yeah. that Jen will offer and uh, she's on a journey like like Sam is. Mm-hmm. And so I suspect we'll hear some of that as well. For sure. Right? Yeah. So where do we start? So the first thing that I asked, I wanted to ask her was, of course, about Sam's coming out. Because if you remember when I asked Sam, right. that, that, again, I'm waiting to hear about how, how long she had to build up her uh, bravery and her courage to talk to her mom about this and, you know, the, the react. And it was like, Oh, yeah, I, I, I told her, and then, you know, she was super supportive. I was like, okay, end of that story. So the <laughs> right. first thing I wanted to have was like, okay, Jen, you tell me from the parent perspective, tell me about her coming out to you as trans. And if you remember, um, Sam had said that first she came out to her as gay, and then she, uh, I think it was maybe, I can't remember the timeline now, but maybe a year later or something like that, that then she came out as trans. Right. So 
I asked Jen about it. We talked first about her coming out as trans, and then later on, um, Jen mentions her coming out as gay earlier, a little bit about that. So that's the very first thing. So I think we should probably just dive right in. Yeah, we should. And you'll get to meet Jen, and this is Sam's mom. Outstanding. Let's hear from Jen. It's funny that she that she says that she wasn't nervous about it because she really was like I was standing in the kitchen and she comes to me and this is like summer before seventh grade and she says mom I have something to tell you but will you still love me and I'm like of course what is it and she says well um I think I'm trans and I'm like excuse me and she's like transgender and I'm like okay and she goes but you still love me and I'm like you're my child I'm always gonna love you just be a good person and go clean your room you know (laughs) and then she walks out of the kitchen and I grab my phone I'm like transgender googling it because I was I, I don't know maybe I'm just older now but I'm like I was used to trans Vestite and uh, transsexual. Right. And there was like this distinction, um, at least when I was going to school at Berkeley, UC Berkeley, that um, that's like they taught us all these different things about diversity and whatever, and that was it. But like this distinction. So I'm like, what the heck is transgender? Oh, okay, that's what transgender is. Really? And then I don't know why I was surprised. Hmm. Because mm-hmm. it's, you know, looking back, there were hmm. there were signs. I just didn't see them. But then the next day she comes to me and she says, same, I'm in this, I'm in the kitchen again. And she's like, mom, I have something else to tell you. Are you still going to love me? I'm like, yes, you've been through this, honey. I love you. What, what's going on? She's like, actually, I think I'm non-binary. I'm like, okay. I'm like, the same rules apply. You still just need to be a good person and do your chores and do your schoolwork. You know, I'm going to love you no matter what. And she says, okay. And then she like walks off. I'm like, what the heck is non-binary? Like non-binary, I've never heard of that. And then that actually made more sense to me mm. because she just never seemed to be. She never seemed to be like really strong in a gender identity mm. as male. And so somebody who's non-binary, I'm like, yeah, I, I could see mm. that. I could see that. Where so. did she learn these terms and all about this? God knows. Really? Okay. I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe in school. I don't know. Sixth grade curriculum. I don't know. Wow. You know, there's something just so refreshing about Jen. Yeah. And how how honest she is, right? I mean, educated at Berkeley. Right. Right? But but of a certain of a, of a certain age makes it sound like, you know, she's well into retirement. I don't mean that, right? But of a of an age where trans cis Mm -hmm. these are not terms that we were educated in right so we're learning them in the same places presumably that sam is right Mm -hmm. from the from the media we consume and the the people we talk to and the the context in which we're you know in which we're living right um what an extraordinary honest real take on what are kids going through, right? Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, what does Jen care about? Yeah. Do your chores, do your homework, get your room clean, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes, uh, stipulated to counselor, I will love you, right? You know, I, I you know, you keep asking, and yeah, the answer is always the same, yeah. right? Um, but it just wow. it, it goes to show that kids who are wrestling with their gender gender identity maybe also are wrestling with ideas of of you know will my parents still love me will you know my friends still be friends with me all of those things of course are going to be wrapped up in and i think for a parent they might they might think of course i'm going to love my child no matter what right and uh but we have to always be aware for our kids that uh, they are not always so sure about that. They definitely aren't, right? Even in a even in a very loving home, mm-hmm. right? It can be very hard to be confident that a particular piece of news is not going to change the dynamic, right? And so for 
for parents who are listening, you have to be mindful that your child coming to you with this kind of um, information is going to um, need love, need support, um, and also need your uh, capacity to learn, Mm. right? Because that's one of the things that I heard here was, oh, uh, great, honey, that's great, great, okay. Trans, trans, what is trans? I don't know what this is, right? (laughs) Yeah. Right? Sam clearly knows. Yeah. Right? And then almost without, uh, you know, with the blink of an eye, it's, well, no, maybe it isn't trans. Maybe maybe the framing I'm looking for is non-binary. Okay, I don't know what that is either, Mm -hmm. right? But if you come into it with an open heart, and you do your, your, you know, you call your your people, you do your reading. It's very clear that from Jen's perspective, right, there were signs. Mm-hmm. She was aware of them, but didn't didn't know what to name them. Did exactly didn't have a language, so there was no labeling, mm-hmm. right? And and as soon as Sam said, "Well, I think what we're talking about here is non-binaryness." Mm-hmm. That is what landed for Jen. Like, oh yeah, there's never really been a strong gender identity claim yes. that Sam really has ever seemed to make, at least in my judgment. Right. So, a lot of this is being really sensitive to who your kid is, mm-hmm. being aware of you know their unique identity and their their. Uh, uh, the path that they're going to walk as they as they journey in this world and Jen seems to totally get that yeah yeah when we were talking you know if we've spent a lot of time last episode I think starting to talk about these um, correlations with mental health and the transgender community right that right. there it's an at-risk community but we, we were asking one another and questioning ourselves as well. Are they always tied together? Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know, we had that conversation. But um, her mom mentions that I think it was um, kind of in between sixth and seventh grade that she started noticing that Sam had been cutting on herself. Right. I remember you saying right? that. Yep. And that um, and in fact, Sam went to class and I guess said to the drama teacher or you know I'm imagining you know them all sitting in a circle because it's drama right on the auditorium stage or something isn't that how all drama classes are run so they're all sitting around in a circle and having a discussion and Sam mentions that she had thought about suicide over the summer and so the drama teacher calls Jen right and says you know your daughter mentioned that she had thought about Suicide over the summer, and it was news to Jen. Oh, wow. She had not heard, she didn't know this, she hadn't heard this. Now, Sam had been going to a therapist since fourth grade because it was in fourth grade that some of these um, OCD and anxiety issues really started to become more prevalent. Right. And so they, she went to, so Sam started going to a therapist in fourth grade, and so she called the same therapist um, who had been working with her. And they went back, went back to the therapist and got her back into counseling. And that's when um, I think Sam started talking to that therapist about some of her gender identity questioning and maybe thinking that she might be trans. And the therapist actually called Jen and said, you should go to a different therapist, somebody who knows more about transgender issues. Uh Uh-huh. So this next clip... um, she talks about changing therapists. Okay. And um, how, you know, like this, so what does a mom do in this situation? Your child comes to you and says that they think they're trans or non-binary, and first you look up what is that. Right. Then what do you do next? Well, for Jen, because she already is such a proponent of therapy that her, and her child's been in therapy and they have this therapist and someone that she can talk to, she gets her right back into therapy and this is the beginning, what you'll hear these next few clips really, is Jen trying to f- go down this path where she is absolutely in the dark 
And all she's doing is like, okay, well, let me reach out to her therapist. Okay, the therapist says go to a different kind of therapist. Okay, then this there, and she's just picking up these breadcrumbs that people have dropped for her to find her way. And I think that's what most of us would do in that situation. Um, so here's Jen talking about going to this new therapist. Okay. So by middle of seventh grade, we um, changed therapists. And after two sessions, that therapist said that she wanted to meet with us. I'm like, oh, God, what did we do wrong? You know, <laughs> like being called to the principal's office. <laughs> and she's like, um, I, your daughter is trans. Or, or she didn't say your daughter. She said Sam is transgender. She fits all the criteria. And I'm like, okay, all right. So where do did, we go from here? Did she tell you what the criteria was? No. <laughs> I went home and Googled Google. that too. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, she said, I think she said it like she didn't like run down a list. Yeah. She's like, you know, she's always felt like she was not really, um, a boy and she prefers like most of her friends are female. She prefers girl, stereotypical girl activities I'm like, okay, all right. And she said, so what you need to do is, and she said, you need to um, get a referral to Children's Hospital Los Angeles because they have a great transgender department. And she said, and you have to um, contact this group called Transforming Families. And so um, they're like a parent support group. So I said, okay. So I called the pediatrician and I said, um, Sam's therapist is on board with saying that like she fits the criteria as transgender. And so we'd like, um, a referral to children's hospital. And they said, no problem. Have the therapist write us a letter. And so we did. And, um, right around that time I brought my younger daughter in for something. I don't know what, she was sick or something. And I said to the doctor, um, we're still waiting for the referral from children's hospital. And he, and he says, you know, I'm glad that you're, you know, getting on top of this and, or you're being on top of this. And he said, of, of my patients who have come out as transgender, they're so much happier once they are living their true identity. Hmm. And I was like, oh, thank God he has experience with it, you know, because I was just like in uncharted territory. I thought this is something that people can't know really for sure until they're adults. Mm -hmm. So it, um, so we had all this. Again, fascinating. Uh, for me, the the big takeaway from from that clip isn't so much the uh, uh, therapy referral kind of uh, the process process, mm -hmm. right? Because I think that that process is probably going to be different for families that don't have a lot of therapy experience or who don't are not connected to those to those networks, right? Well, um, and thank goodness. You know, she, she lives in Los Angeles. Yeah, sure. Where all of these things exist and she can go to the doctor and the doctor is supportive. Right. And, you know, the doc, the all the referrals um, lead her in a positive way the entire time. Well, and every single person she's interacting with, unlike her, has actual experience with, yeah. and is with any number of, yes. uh, of people who are now trans-identifying. Yeah. And... And I'm sure for a lot of people in this country, that would not be the case. Absolutely. Um, and, and even more so for anyone in a global audience that is listening to our show, right? Mm -hmm. That this is not going to be um, uh, something that they may have experienced. Or, or that if, there's experts in their backyard. That's right. Yeah, that's right. For me, the takeaway there was... Gee, I thought this was a thing that was of adulthood. Yeah. Right? And that is completely uh, normal to think and totally bogus, right? That for trans-identifying people, it's it goes, it goes all the way back, right? I mean, it goes into uh, earliest childhood, right? Mm -hmm. There's always been a, you know, if you listen to trans people telling their their stories of coming to an understanding of who they are and where they're where they're coming from and where they came from inevitably it's i always knew there was something different or there was a distinction or something i had no language so i couldn't 
process it. I couldn't make sense of it because there was no there was no way to do it in my context, right? But now that we have a much greater understanding of the differences between uh, a sexual identity, a sexual orientation, a gender identity, you know, all of these different identities, mm-hmm. and we have language and we have professionals who know how to use that language, well, that's going to position people to be able to make good choices about where they are and who they are much earlier. Yeah. And that's to the good. That I The same thing resonated with me and, you know, put me right back to almost two years ago when Sam was coming to my school as a brand new middle school principal in my first year at the school. Here comes a transgender student, the first uh, the first one who was coming in um, kind of under this new system where stu- where students can have all of the information in the student system, computer system, based on the name that they prefer, the gender that they identify as, you know, that can all, it's very official. When it's in the computer, it's very official. And um, I thought the same, as soon as she said that, I thought, oh yeah, I had, I've had that misconception myself. Like, ah, these are, these are middle schoolers. Do they really know their own mind? You know, are they are they experimenting mm-hmm. with different gender identities and sexual orientations? And they're not sure. It's but but everyone's talking about that. So all of a sudden, you know, I want to try that too. You know, this exploration period. And we think of, oh, that's what middle schoolers are going through. And that's exactly what she says that all of the experts tell her is just what you said. That is not... That is not the case. She even mentions that, I think, maybe not in the next clip, but in coming up, that um, that is not the case. Yeah, I mean, you know, just reiterating, right, in my own experience um, of being gay, there was never in my mind any any doubt of difference, mm-hmm. right? Now, of mm-hmm. course, uh, you know, it's 2020 now. When I'm Sam's age, it's what 1979 Hmm. 1980 well that's an entirely different we might as well be on a different planet right as as being in a different time but that doesn't change the 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 notion of difference the awareness of difference Mm -hmm. and the sense of boy if there was some language or way to understand this that would be a great help because people know? just weren't talking about it, right? I mean, particularly gender identity. Right? Oh, no, uh, no. Back at our... Never. Nobody was... Ta- <clears throat> until only recently, no one's talking about it. So you just know that you're different. You just know that the people around you, your peers, are not the same as you. And then you instantly feel alone and you think you're the only one. Because until you hear other people talking about their experiences, can you... Uh, can you resonate and go, oh, there is somebody else like me. For sure. Right? And this, oh, it's not, it's not me. It's not that there's something wrong with me. It's that, oh, look, there's this other way of, of being. Right. That I just haven't heard people talk about before in my narrow little community that I've grown up in. Right. I would feel that, I, I would imagine that's the case for a lot of people. Absolutely. Right. Uh, I mean, you can see it in stories, uh, you know, anywhere that you might choose to look for particularly older trans folks, Mm -hmm. right, who wish they had access to language, who wish they had access to um, the ability to transition earlier in life uh, because it's no, it's not dignifying to be living Mm-hmm. in an identity that doesn't conform the external to the internal. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, good for, you know, good for Jen, keeping that heart open, yeah. keeping the mind open yeah, to try to be both exceptionally loving and also mindful of the the hill, the knowledge hill 
that she's climbing. Uh, I mean, this is what you know you have to do as a parent. Oh, my kid is coming to me from this perspective. And it's not just this one. Oh, I am a humanities person and my kid's a math genius. Yeah. My kid apparently is a really great figure skater. I don't know anything about that, right? And so you either, if you want your kid to become the best version of themselves, you have to do what Jen is doing. Mm-hmm. And that is true across all spectrums. Yeah, good yeah. point. Yeah. Well, the next thing you talked about, transitioning. So, of course, imagine you know, you have a child. For, you, you go to a therapist or a counselor or a trusted person and a doctor. You know, these right. are the people you go to. Uh, to get advice and the next huge decision to make is uh, well what does what does transitioning look like Mm -hmm. at this age so sam is um you know seventh eighth grade right as she starts to um go to the therapist and then go to children's hospital right she sam wants to live as a girl so does that mean just hair, makeup, and clothes? Or when do you take that next step of surgery, of physical, real physical transformation? Right. And that's got to be probably the scariest thing for a parent is when do you make that decision? How do you make that decision? And this is, again, Jen gets some really good, uh, she's got experts who help her, and now she is so knowledgeable um, about she's this. the expert. She's the expert. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, she's yeah. the expert. So I can't wait for you to hear this next clip. Okay. Jen. First of all, it took for once we got the referral, which our healthcare was fine, it was like pretty quick. They um we couldn't get an appointment for three or four months. Oh yeah. And the ther- went back to the therapist. I'm all proud of myself because hey, I made an appointment. It's in July and it's like March at the time or something. And she said, You can't wait four months. Oh wow. She's like she is starting to go through puberty, male oh. puberty. And I'm like, well, I don't even know if I want to do anything except, I mean, she wants to start calling herself a girl's name or dressing like a girl. That's fine. She's like, you don't understand. With male puberty, there's like a lot of things that, um, like if you let it progress, mm. then you can't undo it unless mm-hmm. it's surgically. And all mm. I could think of was... Um, a tracheal shave kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, what else is, there's a lot more. Mm. It turns out. <laughs> so we said, I said, okay. So I called back and, um, said to them, can I be on a cancellation list? And like later that week they called and said, we can see you in two weeks and it's with a different doctor, but blah, blah, blah. Are you interested? I said, absolutely. So we went there and, um, First, they were awesome. They had us meet with a social worker first, and she kind of explained. um, She answered any questions we had, which I can't remember what they were, but she talked to Sam and um, talked to us separately and then together, and then um, the doctor did the same thing. He talked to Sam separately and then together, and then at one point when all of us were together, Sam went to use the bathroom, and I was like saying to the guy, okay, now how many people actually changed their minds and this, that, and the mm. other? And he's like a very small percentage. He's like, I've been doing this for 23 years. I've had maybe 10 people over the course of 23 years say, oh no, let's take the blocker out. I want my, my natal birth puberty, whatever, like to, to continue. And, um, I'm like, wow. Okay. And I said, but Sam is so immature. I mean, I've, I've thought that for a mm. long time. And, um, like for her age, cause she has mm-hmm. a January birthday, but yet she acts like a year behind. She's always had younger friends. I just thought she was immature and couldn't make that. Didn't really know mm. herself well enough. And the doctor's like, yeah, she does seem kind of immature compared to other kids who've come in here. Other kids have come in here saying, I want the blocker and then I want the hormone therapy and then I want surgery and blah, blah, blah. And Sam was just like, I want to live my life as a girl. <laughs> what can you do with, you know, for that? So, um, I was impressed that he spent like a whole hour with us talking about it. And we decided we were just going to do the blocker and, um, our insurance covered it as an implant and the manufacturer says it lasts for a year, but actually it lasts, the doctor says it lasts for about two years and then they would take it out and then Sam would have to take an oral medication that would suppress the puberty, which, um, she hates swallowing pills. Hmm. So that's going to be a huge incentive for her to swallow pills when that happens. So, cause she still has the blocker and, um, 
then we got notification from our insurance that the blocker was in and it took like another three months for the for us to get the implant scheduled and i'm like oh my god come on please puberty don't hit us really hard yet you know and it's hard because they want and this is like medical physical stuff but they want they want to block the puberty but at the same time then the tissue doesn't grow the genitals don't grow and so then there's less tissue to work with hmm. like i don't know if you have ever watched i am jazz jazz jennings oh that was her issue like they stopped puberty really early on and so her penis never got large and so that they're like well what are we gonna do and they had to harvest tissue from another area and oh, wow yeah and they were worried they weren't going to get the depth they wanted so um but i guess she's all fine to the to the point, right? If you go and read Jazz, uh, you know I am Jazz. Go to her Instagram page or go to you know uh, any of her blogs or memoirs. Uh, her experience of being uh, of medical transitioning was really really hard, really difficult, and she's very Jazz is very open about her experience, mm. um, and. I mean, each person's needs are different, right? And the the balance and feeling that sense of urgency, like, you know, is this... Because, I mean, we all know that puberty is not happening, not happening, not happening. And, and then the next oh, day you wake what up. The, <laughs> right. Well, you know, it, it's, it's... I mean, I've had the experience of more than one occasion of a parent coming to me basically to say my very loving child of two weeks ago has turned into a monster right (laughs) what what is the deal oh okay well here's here's what's going on and here's what you're going to need to do and right um but what jen is highlighting is how complicated these choices are because it's all about choice and the the potential uh, quote unquote immaturity mm-hmm. of Sam might speak to other aspects of Sam's way of being in the world, but not this part, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't have to be any clearer than it was. Well, and I think Jen went into these initial appointments thinking, as I said, you know, I'm fine with Sam dressing as a girl, wear hair and makeup, all of these kind of things. But it was actually the medical professionals who said, no, you you have this moment in time right now that right. you need to jump on. Um, and, uh, you know, did you, I don't know what she knew about hormone blockers going in. I, I never thought about any of this. You know, I knew that, that um, people that were transitioning would take the other hormone, of course. Right. Right. But I right. never thought about block, or not just hormone blockers, but puberty blockers. Right. Right. Not letting these um, male character traits, characteristics, excuse right. me, male uh, physical characteristics, um, grow. Right. To allow her to then be able to be more feminine looking. Right. And that there is this window of time that she uh, stumbled into, um, and then making that choice. Right. Uh, and so she, e- I think for Jen, it, easing in the hormone blocker was, okay, let's just, let's just stop things here because we can always take it out and let puberty continue. Right, right. We can delay. Yep. And so then. That was a good first step. Right. Not delaying to confirm whether Sam is, quote unquote, experimenting, but yeah. rather stop so that we can get a better a better read of what all of this is and what all the implications of these choices are so that we can make a more informed decision which you should always make when you're making a medical decision for sure right and and a delay you know is certainly helpful so so where does that leave them well so she she the great thing that jen you know, found these medical experts and who mm-hmm. were able to give her good advice. And then you remember the other piece that she did 
is she was referred to this family support group, uh, right? Trans transforming families. Transforming families. And right. so that's what she talks about next. A little bit about going to this support oh, good, group. Good. I'm, I'm, she and her husband. I'm glad that you're you're going to bring that up. Were you the first in your peer group to go through anything like this? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, little, but little did I know that there were others too. Ah. Like I went to um, the Transforming Families group with Ted. And the cool thing about that is that, um, like, first you email them and then they call you and do like an intake interview because they don't want crazy people going oh, there. Interesting. You know, they, yeah. they want to protect the kids and the parents. And um, we went there, and the first time we were there, I saw this person. I'm like, oh, my God, I know her. And I'm like, so tell me, how did you know it was really real? How did you know it wasn't just some, you know, phase or whatever? And she's like, it's not a phase. Hmm. That The majority of people, when they if they come out as trans, they've been wrestling with it inside themselves for years. And so when they finally verbalize it, it's a big deal. Um, and they mean it. Mm-hmm. Excellent advice. Yeah. Right. Um, and that is in some respects the uh, left and right coast blue state liberal hurdle that has to be overcome. The sense that, well, could this be a phase or could this be yeah. could this be passing fancy or whatever? And uh, for... For folks who've grown up in this culture as uh, cisgendered, straight, right, and checking off all of those boxes, um, there's no there's no moment in your uh, in your experience where you have had a deeply held conviction that the society wants to negate or that the society doesn't understand. And so, as the, you know, the wisdom continues to emerge, right? And it's so helpful to get that perspective from a parent who you already know and who uh, y- y- it's clear that you have a similar kind of, you know, education and upbringing and what have you, so that that person's mind, you feel like I can. You know, I, my my wavelength is close to your wavelength, right? So it it sort of helps to move move the perspective uh, a little faster. And isn't it funny? I think we're all like this to a certain extent. You know, here she's heard already from the therapist uh, that no, in my experience working with kids who come out as transgender, twenty three years of experience, you know, right. maybe ten kids have changed their mind you know and then she asks the doctor and the doctor says no you know one but it's real she still when she sees that friend when she sees that person that she relates to her her peer you know another mom right still she still has this um concern that's like "Ah, they just don't they don't know my kid right like they know the kids who come in here and are very certain. And by the time they've gotten to the doctor's office, of course, they've gone through X, Y, and Z. And so they're very certain. But these people don't know my kid. And right. so here she finds someone. It's such a coincidence that she goes to this group and runs into somebody she knows. Right. Who she can relate to and can relate to her. And then she hears it again. And finally, I think this was it. This was it's like, it's not a phase. You know, and right. that's what's like, right. okay. Right. I believe it. Let's do this. Right. Exactly. Um, so once they've come to that conclusion and they've put the blockers in, mm-hmm. what happens next? So um, now, Jen, we'll talk a little bit about kind of that process. Okay. With the um, And some of the things that the doctor told her to expect. Okay. Um, and, you know, the whole, that whole decision and process of deciding when is the time to do hormone replacement, when, you know, uh, all of these, even all the way up to surgery. She talks a little bit about that in this next clip. Okay. The doctor also warned me that, um, not warned us, just advised, whatever, that 
she was going that Sam was going to start looking at girls even more now and be like, I want a body like hers. And why isn't my body, you know, trans kids, they want the, 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 um, transformation to happen overnight Hmm. and it doesn't. And that was happening that summer before, uh, before eighth grade that, um, she, we knew she was getting the puberty blocker and then she was like, but I want this and I want hips and I want blah, blah, blah. And so I'm like, okay, well, I guess we have, we'll start you on home run replacement. That's a hard thing because once you, like you can block puberty, no harm, no foul. They take out the implant and puberty proceeds. Once puberty is blocked and they add the other hormone, the cross sex hormone, then, um, if a male has never um, matured, has never reached, like gone through male puberty, he will not produce sperm that's viable. So she's on hormones. It's been a year and a half of hormones, the puberty blocker, blah, blah, blah. Say tomorrow she wants to stop everything and go back to living as a man um, or as a young boy. She would have to have a mastectomy, number one, Mm. because the breasts have actually grown. And then number two, um, she'd be sterile. Wow. Wow. So, and that's a huge decision. And usually the doctor says that, told us that, um, parents have the hardest problem with it, but I'm adopted. Hmm. Like it doesn't matter to me. And plus like she's, she was gay, like living as a boy, she was gay, attracted to boys. I'm like, you don't need two sets of boy stuff. You need a boy. I'm like, you're going to have to think outside the box to create a family anyway, Sam. And it doesn't matter if you adopt it doesn't matter if it's a donor egg, you know, you just never know. You know, it's a it's a reminder that parents have a whole host of different issues. <laughs> right? Yeah. And of course, you know, I mean to 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 Jen's point, it's kind of six of one. Yeah. Right? Right. You know uh, Luckily she has the clarity of thinking. That's right. Right? That um mm-hmm she realizes that automatically or maybe she's already kind of thought a little bit about that because I she um Sam had come come out to her a few years before as gay so she'd already kind of been able to get adjusted to that idea Be, oh you know my I might never have grandchildren or whatever comes up for people right um and she said herself being adopted you know she understands having a different family having um, a different way of thinking about family. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's her experience already. Right. And so she was completely comfortable with that. Right. And once there's sort of an awareness of, well, you make medical choice X, it causes mm-hmm. medical reality Y. Well, okay. You, you know, you're going to have to, you know, if you went, if you went with your first, understanding of yourself I'm gay mm-hmm. well that's still not gonna just magically create heirs yeah. right yeah. you know that you've got to you're gonna have to figure something out and so that's where they are yeah yeah uh, I th- and I think I had mentioned probably during our interview with Sam yes in, in our discussion in between that um that her mom had told me that because Sam came out to her, I think it was in sixth grade, that Sam that Jen knew back in second grade, uh, or she started to suspect mm-hmm. because Sam had come to her and said, "I'm not cool like the other boys." Right. Right. And right. that um, sometimes she would like to dress up as a princess, but that Jen said she went to um, she. Sam liked to play with her younger sister and her friends, and they would play dress-up. Well, because Sam was older, the dresses didn't really fit her very well, so Jen went to Old Navy and bought a couple of dresses that would fit Sam and brought it home, and she said she put them on, and then she took them off and never put them on again. So... You know, so there's no like linear course with any of this, right? There's, oh, okay, maybe she's... oh, Oh, no, now she doesn't... Well, yeah, she just wanted to try it. She just wanted to right. experiment, and that's pretty right. typical, right. as well. Right, as um, though there's a linear course for any of us. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so where are they now? What's going on now? What's the next part of the story? So then we started talking a little bit about. We kind of jumped to when Sam 
came to my school. Yes. Um, and she was already now uh, identifying as a female. Right. And the the therapist actually had recommended that she switch schools because I think we talked about how hard it was for someone to, who'd been going to school with the same group of kids. Yeah, it's a peer group thing, yeah. For them to, to, to see Sam as a female. I was so shocked. All of these, like all of the three of the kids, the first one that she came out to and then the other one who saw her crying after the she got scolded and um, so she let that person in on it and then the other kid who came up to her afterwards say, I figured it out, I'm smart. I was like, these kids are just amazing. Just, they don't care. It's like, and they don't, they, man, God bless them. They were very much like, um, like the first one was like, I don't believe you. And I'm like, oh, please look at Sam. You can't tell. But none of the kids, well, even the adults, like at back to school night, um, I was in one of the adults' classrooms, and then I could see on the board that the next period was the conference period. And he's like, I didn't really tell a lot of the parents, or not parents, excuse me, the teachers. At high um, school or here? here. Oh, here. here, okay. I mean, the sixth grade teachers who have known me, some of them were pregnant with me at the same time. I mean, one of them, she and her daughter and Sam and me would go to like a breastfeeding support group together. So I was like, by the way, this is what she goes by now. And she's like, okay, no problem. You know, like none of the teachers here were phased. But the one teacher who I didn't really know, I can't remember why I decided to tell him. He was shocked. And he was like, really? I had no idea. And I'm like, yeah, no, it's it's true. And um, I said, you wouldn't be able to tell by the looking at the student records, but, um, yeah. And then he said something funny. He's like, gosh, I hope I haven't said anything offensive. So I was talking with Jen about Sam's experience starting at my school as an eighth grader and coming in as a female. And, um, we talked a little bit about those experiences Sam had where she let it slip to a student, you know, through tech, this, that blackboard, technology app thing you know and so someone found out and we were worried oh my gosh is this the news is going to spread all over school and what's going to happen and nothing did happen right and then there was this incident with choir and and someone who wasn't a friend of hers figured it out and uh everything oh my gosh this is when the cat's out of the bag and again it wasn't right and so we this is this is her mom talking a little bit about that okay I kind of wish that um, we, like, I could go back in time and actually see if the school was prepared to handle it. I I don't know that they were or weren't because we weren't dealing with, um, like, she came out, she said she was trans, but then she didn't do anything Mm. after that. And so we were just dealing with the suicidal ideation Mm. and her saying what she said to that class that one time. And um, then as we, that was the first semester, and as we were getting to a close in the first semester, um, I talked to the therapist at the time about um, a 504 plan or you know being evaluated to have an IEP. And so I talked to the counselor. And this is how small a world it is. The counselor's husband teaches at one of our elementary schools here. And so <laughs> I know, right? So she and I have a great relationship. And um, she was like, you want a 504 plan? Not a problem. It, let's have a meeting. And so we have a, we had the meeting and like four or five of the teachers showed up, which was great. It was right before school starts, 730 in the morning. I was really grateful who showed up. And I said to them, you know, Sam's kind of in transition right now. I didn't say transgender. I just said transition. Mm. I said she wants to start wearing um, like sweats and stuff from the store pink. But so she's wearing gray and blue from the store pink, but it says pink on it. Therefore, she's identifying as female, I guess. I don't know. But the teacher's like, okay, that's fine. We've had kids here before who, you know, we will, that's fine. But the thing that killed me is that she started having a lot of non-suits in the second semester. And like the teacher never reached out, the PE Mm -hmm. teacher. She never, I don't, I can't even remember if she was at the 504 meeting, but like, if she had seen any of the documentation, I think, anyway, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I did see her at open house, and I said, um, 
And that was still two months before school ended. And I said, um, you know, Sam is transgender. Um, we are, we, we have an appointment with Children's Hospital, but it's not, you know, nothing's going to be really changing major time right now um, in the next couple months. But she really is embarrassed to be changing with the boys in the mm-hmm. boys' locker room. She doesn't want to see it. She doesn't want to be near it. She just is like, in that part of her body, she's super embarrassed mm-hmm. about. She wishes it could just go away. And um, I said, so can she, is there anywhere she can change? And um, she said, yeah, there's a place that like a little side locker room or something where like the competing team, like if they're hosting, I'm like, really, you have like the home team and the away team? This is middle school. But anyway, so there's a place for her to change. And I told Sam about it, but she still wouldn't do it. And so she still kept getting non-suits. It's like, God, how do you get a D in PE? But, um... <laughs> it's always about me, right? <laughs> now, I will tell you that this teacher that she's talking about is under 30. So uh, that ah, okay. may, <laughs> may illuminate a, a little bit of that reaction there. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I think that, that most of us in the early days of our career, when we look back on it 10 years later, are like, Did I do something stupid? I would, have, I? <laughs> I would have fired me. Right. Right. <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, sort of again confirming the the experience of uh, you know a kind of a kind of generational who's zooming who here, mm-hmm. right? Um, Jen is a is a is a school person, yeah, a trained professional. She knows what she's doing. She knows what she's talking about. You're a principal. I've been one. We've got the three of us together have a century of experience, mm-hmm. and yet. The society coming up behind us has adopted a whole set of brand new rules and expectations and givens and baselines. Mm-hmm. And when we and en- we don't realize they're there, mm-hmm. and when we encounter them, there's that certain what just happened. Yeah, you know, kind of awareness, right? And that's we, that's what I, I'm hearing. We had Jen and I had a moment when we were when we were talking where we kind of said that same thing. I mean. Between us and, you know, her and I are shared experience. There's so many things that we had worked on together, right, right. Uh, committees and things like this. And, 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 you know, her area of specialty. And she's like, if it had been about language acquisition or any of these, you know, anything like that's my wheelhouse. No problem. You know, right, she could have right. adopted a kid from El Salvador or something and boom, n- known exactly what to do. You right. know, get him reading and writing. She says, but this was just all new. It was new. I was telling her it was new for me right. you know, as a as a new principal. It was new for her, and um, I think we often felt like we were just stumbling along with our hands out in front of us, you know, in the dark. Right. Uh, and fortunately, the people around us. I felt really proud of a lot of the teachers at my school, and that for sure the students at my school. Right. That made it a good experience for Sam. For sure. Um, and I was just so pleased to see everybody being their best selves, um, and 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 or just their normal self. Maybe that is. Maybe I'm almost giving them too much credit, you know, or I was too concerned. Yeah, see, see, that that's that's the issue, right? It is the normal. It is the yeah, norm, right? Right. I can. I can remember when I was working in Pittsburgh, a much more conservative city than Los Angeles. Not conservative, but just more, right? And the students who identified as conservative on campus, it didn't phase them in the least bit that both the principal and the dean, and we were basically it for the admin, were both gay men of a certain age. And we, we were. I was talking to the dean when we were doing some uh, some training and reflection on diversity questions. And I can remember that the, the, you know, the notion, oh, there are gay, lesbian, and bisexual people. And the students in the room were like, yeah, 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 come on. that That's not asked and answered. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to talk about. Of course, everything's great. We love gay people, right? Cool. It's this other stuff we don't know about, and we're trying mm-hmm. to figure it out because we want to create loving spaces for everyone who is in this school with us. 
And I can remember leaning over to the dean and saying, did, did we just slip into a sort of post-gay era? Like, nobody cares anymore? How did that happen in, in sort of a 20-year period? Yeah, right? I remember at and the beginning so. of my career, the conversation about gay teachers was, oh, well, are, you know, are parents not going to want their children to be in a class with a gay teacher, right. particularly a gay man? Well, for sure, for some reason, that gay man is not going to be able to help himself from hitting on their their boy children yeah, right yeah like right, that this right. was this was somehow kind of accepted to even say that out loud where now it's ridiculous to think about and i'm sure there are still places where those concerns do come up but it not anymore well in most it, yeah. in most places right in most i don't know for sure the blue states but well, look with older people sure yeah. But with younger, younger kids, by and large, uh, and ever more every year, mm-hmm. not an issue. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, so where does that leave us? What is Jen? So where, where where's Jen now? Or where where are we going now? There's an interesting thing she mentions. I don't need to play this whole clip because she gets into some um, technical school stuff. Okay. But so there is in in California and a lot of schools in public education, you know, you take the um, we for us, it's called the SBAC. It's a standardized assessment okay. that every public school student takes okay. you know, in April and it's all computer based. And so she mentioned. So here Sam has been um, living as a female at my middle school since the beginning of the school year. It's April. Her mom, you know, uh, several of the students know. Her mom has talked to most of the te- most of the teachers know. Well, she goes to take this test, and even though in our student information system, it, her name is Samantha and her gender is a female, for some reason, in this state database, it still has her male name and uh, show, which shows up on her screen as she's taking the test in a room full of other kids. Oh, wow. And so she mentions that moment for Sam and how it was hard for Sam. And that, first of all, she said she doesn't like that name anymore. It's her. She refers to it as her dead name. Yeah, the dead name. Right, right. right. And so she didn't even want to see it. And she was putting the screen of her laptop down so that nobody else would see it. And so um, because Jen works in the same district that I do, she went and spoke to our technology coordinator and who's in charge of testing and said, Hey, by the way, this is what happened. And so he was working with, um, uh, the testing companies, but he said to her, you know, that means the teacher, all the teacher who's administering the test can also see this. See, this uh-huh. says her name. Yeah. You know, does the teacher know? And right. She said, well, I wasn't worried about the science teacher because, you know, the science teacher knows, but math is coming up and the math teacher doesn't know. So she contacted the math teacher. Oh, wow. And um, mentioned this, you know, said, hey, by the way, (laughs) yeah, you're going to see this. And, you know, to the math teacher's credit, she said, who's probably my age? She's like, oh, okay, no problem. You know, and then she said. Can I ask you some questions? Uh-huh. Which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Uh, and Jen talks about, and like we were saying, what you can tell now, you know, Jen being the expert now on the subject, she's gone in the short span of about a year, yeah, that's year right. and a half, to being knowing nothing about trans issues or right. gender identity. Really, I, would, I don't think I'm mischaracterizing to say she knew almost nothing about it, right? Her own words are she had to Google transgender when her daughter first told her that's right to now she's the expert and right. she's giving people um advice and right. uh and so that is i think when we get this maybe i'm not sure where we're where we're at time wise but this might be a good place to wrap it up for this episode or at least to put a pin in it um and okay. then have a second episode because now Jen is the expert in the room. Okay. And she's going to tell us about 
from her own experience, but also from what she learned, um, all of those things about changing, you know, where to change, what, uh-huh. uh, you know, her experience of working through that. Right. Uh, in reality, what is yes, the law says that the kids get to decide where they would like to change. What is that like in reality? Right. You know, when you're a parent requesting that as at a school. Yeah. Um, and all of the concerns that we would have as administrators and what other parents are going to think she had too. She right. had those same thoughts right. and concerns. So and then I had I also asked her towards the end, you know, to give some recommendation for school People, personnel, okay. parents, all of those. So that's the, she's got a lot of great additional information great. to give from her experience. So maybe we can have that be our part two okay. to this episode of uh, Jen, Sam's mom. Great. Uh, so we're going to hear from Jen at the start of the next episode. Well, uh, yeah, we'll pretty quickly get into, okay. we'll get into her uh, some more clips from Jen's mom. Okay, then uh, in that case, uh, folks, thanks for listening to the third episode of season three, uh, season two of Many Windows, and we'll see you again in a month's time to continue Jen's journey. Great. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening. Hang in there, everybody. Yeah, bye now. Bye.